Hey, just a fair warning uh, here at the beginning of the episode. Connection was a little spotty for reasons I'm not really aware of. Um, if there's some odd pauses, you know, I'm trying to, I'm going to try to edit it as much as possible, but if there's some weird pauses, don't, don't be worried. It's probably just the podcast, the internet, and uh, hopefully that won't be a problem again. Thank you. Enjoy the show. That's a clown question, bro. Hi, what's up on you? So I'm going to kick some dirt. He gets on base. Just a bit outside. I'm not the type of player that's going to be Johnny Hustle. If you don't want me to watch the ball, you can go get it out of the ocean. And welcome back to the show to be named later. Part two of episode 41. We're talking baseball kind of whenever. This is the second part of the episode, and we're going to be talking about the 2015 Royals, our first team in the StatCast era. Uh, it's about time. It's about time we've talked about a team in the StatCast era. And, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about a team, you know, in terms of importance, this is a team, you know, breaking a 30-year drought. Uh, and, you know, the 2014 brought the winning culture back, and they then they kind of completed what they were able to do in 2014. But it wasn't easy. So tell us, what, how, what was the situation heading into 2015? So like you mentioned there, Chris, they were, nine, they were 90 feet away from tying up Game 7 of 2014 in the World Series. But then, of course, Madison Bumgarner happens. We've talked about that. Why don't you go check out our 2014 Giants episode when you're done with this one. And they had never won a division title in 30 years, like you mentioned. Not only did they not win the World Series, they hadn't won the AL Central since 1985 or the AL West or East, whatever it was back then. They hadn't won a division in 30 years. That's my point. And yeah. they lost... Willie Butler, Nori Aoki, and James Shields in the offseason. James Shields was their ace, keep in mind. And yeah. they countered that by re-signing Luke Hochaver, a reliever. Also signed Kendrys Morales as a DH, Alex Rios, an outfielder, Edinson Volquez, another starting pitcher, and Ryan Madsen, who was a relief pitcher who hadn't pitched in the majors since 2011 at that point. And this team had high expectations, and they hit the ground running as soon as opening day came. A 7-0 start to the season. How about that? 7-0. Seven, Seven wins, zero losses to start out in the first week. Salvador Perez, Kendrys Morales, and Lorenzo Cain were all hitting 400 during that stretch. Royals hitters led the league in wins above replacement and uh, on fan graphs and strikeout percentage. And unsurprisingly, they were the last undefeated team in the league. And in mid-April, Apollo Orlando, an outfielder, came up and made a very unique first impression. Breaking ball lined into the alley, left center field, and it's going to roll to the fence. And there is Orlando's first big league hit. He's thinking three. Relay throw to third is offline. So Paulo Orlando's first big league hit is a memorable one. And there's a shot into deep center field, and Trout will not make the play, and Paulo Orlando... His first two major league hits are triples. Another track beat. That is deceptive speed. He's faster than he looks. Yeah, he is. And Paulo Orlando is the first major league player with two triples for his first two base hits since 1998 when Mark Johnson, a catcher with the White Sox, did the same thing. How about making a third? And now Paulo Orlando into the left field corner. He got a chance. Go! 
<laughs> Paulo Orlando has three major league hits, all triples. Sweet on contact. I knew he didn't have enough to get it out of the park at 347 down the line. Having played here three years, I know that if it bounces off the wall, you got a chance for a triple if you got any kind of speed. And there it was. How about that? I mean, Chris, two of those hits like were right down the left field line or in left field. I could not believe those ended up being triples for anybody. Yeah, it's uh it's definitely definitely interesting, but you know, Paolo Orlando is uh is one of he's a, a Ricky Henderson type. Yeah. 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 And the, the Royals finished April with a 15 and 7 record. They were 0.5 games up on the Detroit Tigers for first place in the AL Central. And they also gave up the least amount of runs in the AL at that point. And then they had a runaway start to the summer. Chris, you want to get in on that? Yeah, I mean, the Royals were sitting, standing alone uh, in the American League Central pretty much, uh, as you said, from the start. The Royals were sitting at 44 and 30 at the end of June, and they were four and a half games up on the American League Central. And then in early July, the second place Twins came to town. And in the last, uh, last game of the series, Eric Hosmer comes up to the plate. One of the team's best players comes up to the plate with the winning run on first base. Time for Lorenzo to steal a bag. That was a slide step, and that's hammered into right field. Kane will go to third. Matt Jensen is going to land it home. win in dramatic fashion winning that game three to two uh showing i guess some early signs of uh resilience or clutch interesting i mean how about that image there of hosmer lining one down the right field line and kane scoring from first yeah i mean uh that's something you could get used to as a royals fan for sure for sure <laughs> i mean that's that's one you might want to pull out it's a play you might want to pull out when you need it the most. Anyway, let's worry about that later. The All-Star Game voting came around uh, in this time, and the Royals fans single-handedly started a campaign that's still going to this day to end All-Star fan voting. I remember very much being a part of this campaign because Royals fans just ruined it for everybody else. It was no fun. The Royals fans were just out there like nobody else voting and voting and voting, and they just didn't stop. It's like they didn't even work. Like, what were they doing? And on June 8th, this is the most extreme measure that it was at. On June 8th, an update came out that listed the following. Salvador Perez, the Royals catcher, was the starting American League catcher, and his 4.4 million votes led all players. And Lorenzo Kane was the second best vote getter in the entire league. He was a starting right fielder for the Royals and the starting right fielder in the AL. And then Mike Moustakis, the, the Royals' third baseman, was the starting third baseman with 4 million votes. That was the third most of all players. And the fourth most of all players, you guessed it, a Royal, 
Alcides Escobar, their shortstop, was the starting AL shortstop. The top four vote-getters in the AL were all Royals. And Eric Hosmer was also the starting first baseman for the AL. Kendrys Morales was the starting DH. And Alex Gordon was the starting left fielder. So that's seven out of nine positions that were just voted in by being Royals at that point. The only two that weren't in there, Alex Rios was fourth in the outfielder voting. The one guy he was losing to that wasn't a Royal was Mike Trout. Like, what are you going to do? It's Mike Trout, of course. And the other guy is Omar Infante. This is the guy that everyone was the most infuriated about. He was second among second basemen. The only guy he was losing to was Jose Altuve. And he was very close to Altuve. And at that point, he was hitting 221 with a 538 OPS. Not very uh, appealing, but almost the starting second baseman because Royals fans voted out of their minds. And in the end, Kansas City had three starters in the All-Star game. Salvador Perez, Alcides Escobar, and Lorenzo Cain. And then the reserves included Wade Davis, Kelvin Herrera, Mike Moustakis, and Alex Gordon. So the Royals had seven All-Stars in total. Pretty impressive. Very, very. Do you remember Do you remember seeing those updates back in 2015 when uh, the Royals were just dominating the votes? Oh, yeah. I remember, like, there's, there's always, uh, like, on MLB Network, it'll be the, it'll be the mm-hmm. baseball field, and they'll show the picture – the pictures yep. of every guy at every position, and it was all just KC. Uh, across it was all the blue, and then one spot of red and one spot of orange. Yeah, it, it was unbelievable. So, you know, the All-Star game happens. It was dominated by the Royals. Maybe not necessarily on the field. Mike Trout ended up winning All-Star game MVP, but it was Royal blue all around. And then we get into the hot stove season, and on July 26th, the Royals had the second worst starting pitcher F war in the American league. And they needed a frontline starter to put them over the top as far as the rotation went. And also two days later on July 28th, the Royals had a major league worst negative one F war from second baseman. That would be primarily Omar Infante. And that was a hole that they needed to fill. So what do they do on July 26th? They trade for reds ace, Johnny Cueto, who had a two six, two ERA at the time, with a 1.51 ERA plus and 3.1 F4 leading up to that point. And then to fill the second base hole on that July 28th day, they get Ben Zobrist from the A's, who had an 801 OPS, a 121 rated, weighted runs created plus, and 1.5 F4, even though he had missed a month between April and May. And that right there, Chris, for me, is what separates the great teams from the championship teams. You know, there are so many great teams that lose a championship at the trade deadline because they don't acknowledge uh, the issues that they have. The Royals took the two biggest holes on the team and did exactly what they needed to do with them. They got an ace, they got a legit second baseman, and they were ready to go for October. And I think Dayton Moore and David Glass did an excellent job at that trade deadline. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, you go down, you go down the line of, of champions, the 2019 Nationals getting Daniel Hudson and mm-hmm. some more bullpen help. 2018 Red Sox. I mean, it wasn't at the deadline. Or actually, they did get Eovaldi at the deadline. They got Pierce. Mm-hmm. 2017, they got Verlander. The Astros got Verlander. Mm-hmm. I mean, 2016, Cubs get Chapman. I mean, it goes down the line. Yeah. So, you know, it getting midseason acquisitions is huge. And it, it paid off for the Royals. They went 43 and 33 total in the second half. They didn't uh, miss one beat. And they finished the regular season 95 and 67, which was the best record 
in the American League. That's right. Notable seasons from the Kansas City Royals. Uh, the Royals led the league in reliever ERA, and the, the relievers also had a 5.2 F4, which I imagine is among some of the top ranks. Wade Davis was the highlight of that bullpen. I mean, Wade Davis's 2015 season, you know, you, you know, you could include his 2014 season, some of the best bullpen work yep. you can possibly do. He went 67, 67 and a third innings pitched, had a 0.94 ERA, 10.43 strikeouts per nine. And he let, you know, of everyone to get on base, he left 92.2% of the men allowed uh, on. 92.2% of them did not score. A 92.2% left on base percentage. It was the first reliever season in Major League Baseball history with a sub-1 ERA and at least 10 strikeouts per nine. He had a 448 ERA plus, ERA plus, and the next best in the majors was 272. He was nearly 200 points better in terms of ERA plus than the next best guy. It was unbelievable what uh, Wade Davis was able to do, and that's not to that's not to uh, downgrade any anything uh, anyone else from the Royals bullpen because Ryan Ryan Madsen that year was also spectacular. 63 and a third innings from Ryan Madsen to go along with a 2.13 ERA and 8.24 strikeouts per nine. Kelvin Herrera was also amazing. 69 and two thirds innings pitched, 2.71 ERA and 8.27 strikeouts per nine. Then you go over to the position players. Lorenzo Cain. Lorenzo Cain ended up finishing third in the MVP vote. Unbelievable. His, you know, in honor of the StatCast heiress, I have some StatCast uh, stat stats for you. His average exit velocity was in the 79th percentile. His expected slugging was in the 85th percentile. His sprint speed was in the 94th percentile. And his ex expected batting average was second in Major League Baseball behind Miguel Cabrera, who ended up winning the bat batting title that year. And then on to the regular statistics, which is available for just about every year. He slashed 307, uh, 307 361, 477, 838. He was fourth in the American League in defensive wins above replacement among all fielders, and also fifth in defensive runs above average among all fielders. He was second in the American League in stolen bases with 28. And his 6.1 F4 ranked ninth among position players in the majors and fourth in the American League. And he was not the only uh, standout among position players on the Royals. Eric Hosmer slashed 297, 363, 459 for an 822 OPS. And his 33 doubles in 2015 was tied for fifth among first basemen. Kendris Morales, that's, that's slow. That's slow, boy. He won a silver slugger for DHs 
and was tied for eighth in the league in doubles with 41. He also hit 290 with an 847 OPS to go along with being top 10 in doubles. And then Mike Moustakis, the Moose, the Moose, had a 123 weighted runs created plus, and that ranked fifth among third basemen. Also, the Royals as a team had the lowest uh, strikeout rate uh, among lowest strikeout rate offensively in the league. They had, they struck out in 15.9% of plate appearances, and the next best team struck out in 18.1% of their plate appearances. So they were far and away the best at pure hitting for sure. So, I mean, pure hitting is sort of an art that's, like, taken with class almost. Like, you know, it's it's traditional baseball. It's the 80s, like you mentioned. But this team was not in that sort of mindset. This team was feisty. They were out for blood. And they got into four benches-clearing altercations during the year. We're going to show all of them in chronological order. The first one happened against Mike Trout and the Angels. game hit streak against Kansas City, including that gigantic home run in Kansas City last year. And one in game three of the playoffs last year. That's lined right back up the middle of base in a missile. Ventura kind of staring at Trout. Not quite sure why. And uh, Trout's got his arms out wondering the same thing. Yeah, I mean, that's Ventura that threw up and in on the previous pitch. And good luck with that battle. There's a base hit out to left center. Trout will turn and head to third. Kane bobbles the baseball, and Trout is being weighed in. The throw to the plate is not in time. Albert ends up at second. Yeah, they'll have some words for Ventura right now. Attention, here we go at this point. Bench is clearing here. Jim Wolf, the home plate umpire, to his credit, doing a heck of a job. They're keeping everybody calm. Well, look at Pujols right in there. Came right in from second base. Didn't like what Ventura was doing with Trout, not only with the line drive, but afterwards. But credit Jim Wolf and Adam Hamari, the first base umpire. Here come the bullpens, and it's just kind of have to. But uh, those two guys trying to keep both benches at bay. I mean, there's no reason for a Ventura. My favorite part about that video is when the bullpens come in, look, you, did you notice, like, the, the gap between them as they were running onto the field? Like, there was they – were, they were social distancing between those two sides when running into the game, and even yeah. though they were entering from the same bullpen. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So then just about a week later, uh, they get into another one with the open days. So bounces off of, uh, I believe it's Herrera's foot. Yep. Moustakas gets it. He tosses it over to Escobar and uh, Brett Lurie goes in for the hard slide. Brett, yeah. It was a force play at second. Brett Lurie goes in hard. This is before the uh, before the rule. And there's some animosity between the Royals and the Athletics. You know, Brett Lurie, you know, he looks like he looks like a very calm person, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like, yeah, he kind of cleated uh, Mr. Escobar over there. So bench is clear. And uh, that's about – that's that's that. Uh, right? Billy Butler. Billy Butler. 
All right. Is there something here or uh they keep going. They keep going. Or uh wait, we have four of these. Yep. I let's just get them. So then the next week, they had another one against the White Sox. It's three fights in essentially two to three weeks. And uh this one this one uh started a little differently, a little certainly I guess unique. All right, here we go. Let's see let's see how this one fares. Ventura talk. I don't know. What's he talking about? I have no clue. That's absolutely absurd. This, yeah. Guy hits a one hopper to you, and you're going to get upset about that. And Mustakis now is taking as taking Ventura off the field. Now, now they're going out there. You knew it was going to happen. We said it was going to happen in Kansas City. That these two teams are going to have some problems. Some altercations. Kansas City's been having them with Oakland. Now they're getting back with us. Ned Yost is talking with Chris Sale. That's kind of an unusual situation. You don't see that. And now it breaks out again. And this is a good one, folks. That's going to be. Just look for the outside because you're not going to see much on the inside. Just look for the cheap shots because it's probably going to be some. I certainly would like to see Chris Sale get out of there. Well, Yost, I don't know what he was saying to Samarja. And he was talking with Chris Sale. I mean to Sale, but yeah. the only thing he should have been saying was get out of here. If he was trying to provoke anything, he ought to have his behind beat. So a lot of people sort of had problems with Jordano Ventura's antics on the field. And before I get into that, I'd just like to say, you know, rest in peace to that man. He was taken from us far too soon. A young talent that should never have had that ending to his life. And you know, he obviously didn't grow up in the most ideal area. You know, there's, there's a lot of violent parts of the Dominican Republic. And I know that, he, you know, I don't think he meant anything like that personally. I think he's just so much of a competitor that sometimes he could let that competitive edge get to him. And it did rub a lot of people the wrong way, understandably. But, you know, the guy was a competitor and he, he has been missed this entire time. Yeah, I feel like I think it's something everyone can agree agree upon it's I don't think that was something that is whatever attitude I don't think that's something that happened off the field at all it's just whatever happened he was wired differently when he was when he was pitching and you know it benefited him exactly. in bad way or in good ways and then it might have uh might have rubbed some people the wrong way as well so the Blue Jays or the uh the Royals go a few months without getting into any sort of altercations. And then they go to Toronto to face the Blue Jays. And uh, the streak of days ended there. We told you about the five walks in his last start. Donaldson gets hit by a pitch, and he doesn't like that too much. And Donaldson has something to say to Volquez. And 
It looks as though there have been a warning put in place by the home plate umpire, which I don't agree with at all. That was a changeup, and I think Volquez there was saying, hey, my bad. Now here's here's where you have an experienced umpire in Jim Wolf. Okay, so you know Jim Wolf, like you said, he knew it was a changeup. Volquez said, "Hey, look, it was a changeup, and it slipped." I think it's over with. The three-two pitch is low, ball four. Donaldson flips the bat and goes trotting on down to first base. Volquez came off the mound halfway to the plate. It's almost like Edinson wants a confrontation. He is continuing to bring it upon himself. Jerry, I got a funny feeling there's going to be some fireworks here this afternoon. is screaming at home plate umpire Jim Wolf. Allison is standing there talking with Jim Wolf and said, how many guys are going to have to get hit before you respond to the warning? Hollering at Jim Wolf, the home plate umpire, saying you're going to let him take shots of me all afternoon. Gibbons is going to come out to intervene. Bautista was there first to keep Donaldson in the game. You know what? And I think if you're Jim Wolf, you got to take this. you got to take it. Gibby's protecting his players. you got to just take it. You don't throw him out of the ball game. Got a 3-0 lead that he hands over to Sanchez here in the eighth. Aaron's pitch up and in, and it's 2-0. The Royals really pitching inside to Toronto, and that has made the Jays angry. Next offering, and that was at Escobar. Now, both benches were warned, and they've thrown Sanchez out of the game. Sanchez definitely threw at Escobar, and Jim Wolf says, that's it, you're done. And both benches empty onto the field. The Royals right now getting in the grill of the Jays, and I hope there's no activity. Both bullpens now in the field, and there's some shoving going on down there. I'll tell you, the umpires have got to take over here. Volquez is on the outside, being held by his teammates. Volquez got into it in the White Sox bench clearing brawl. John Gibbons is on the field. He has been ejected. And that most likely will be a suspension running back on the field after. You know, this team played with a chip on their shoulder every time they went out there, and they were ready to take that firepower into the postseason. And their first series was against the Houston Astros. So they're going in as the one seed, as the favorite. They go into game one, and Jordano Ventura, who you see in the mix a lot there. He gives up three runs in uh, the first two innings. And Kendris Morales, he comes up to play. He has two home runs in that game one. Uh, but those two home runs were the only runs that the Royals scored. He, he didn't even drive in anybody. And the Astros won 5-2 to two in Kansas City's house. So then in game two of the American League Division Series, the Royals find themselves down once again. They're down, they're down three to nothing after two innings. Then, Salvador Perez, 
It's a solo home run to make it three to one. Both teams, each team got another run in the uh, third inning. And then in the sixth inning, the Royals got two runs on an RBI single from Eric Hosmer and a Salvador Perez walk. So the game's tied four to four. And in the seventh, the Royals are trying to take the lead. Let's see if they are able to do it or not. Come back to tie things up. Bottom half of the seventh, and Alcides Escobar leads things off against the new pitcher, Will Harris, with a drive in the right center that somehow drops between Marisnik and Springer. Escobar to third. Obviously, the Astros do not believe that Escobar had the power to get it over his head. And then Marisnik ran two miles, I think, to get to that ball. And then he kicked it, which allowed Escobar to go over to third. Here's Ben Zobris. Kansas City has taken its first lead of the series. Big time dividends on that trade right there. Yeah, the trade take uh, taking effect very quickly there. Johnny Cueto was actually also the starting pitcher, and he was a no, not the greatest performance, but he was able to keep the game winnable for the Royals. And that's just what the Royals did. The Royals won that game 5-4. to four, So they were heading to Houston, not exactly in the best circumstances, but tied the series tied 1-1, one one, heading to Houston. But in game three, they're facing their tallest task yet. They're facing the 2015 American League Cy Young winner, fresh off, shutting out the Yankees in the American League wildcard game. Dallas Keuchel they're facing him and outside of two solo home runs from Lorenzo Cain and Alex Gordon uh, the Royals weren't able to to uh, conduct any any more offense than that and uh, Dallas Keuchel outdueled his counterpart in the Astros won four to two in game three of the ALDS the the Royals once again are on the brink of elimination um, in the first, in their first series, I mean, in the last episode, we talked about expansion of playoffs and how anything can happen in the playoffs. This is a one seed that was uh, possibly on its way out of the playoffs in just four games. Unbelievable. And then in game four, they're, even, they're in an even tougher situation. It's the seventh inning, and the Astros are up three to two. Three to two on the Royals. They're up three to two. You got Ryan Madsen on the mound, and you got rookie Carlos Correa up, trying to put the nail in the coffin here in the American League Division Series. Yeah, has homered and driven in a run with a base hit today. There goes the runner. There goes Correa again. Shortstop 
his second home run of the game. 5-2 Astros. And now Colby Rasmus with one away. Six to two Astros in the bottom of the seventh inning. I mean, and uh, yeah, I mean, that pretty much, that pretty much does it. Uh, the Astros win probability at that point is 98%. The Texas governor, Greg Abbott, uh, tweets out, you know, an appropriately early uh, congratulations to the Astros on advancing to the ALCS, the uh, governor of Texas, uh, tweeted that out, you know, big for the Astros. I mean, the last time they were in a league championship series was, uh, I think, 2005. So it had been 10 years. And, you know, personally, you know, with the Royals, with a Royals team, you know, I would think we would have gone, you know, for the show, we would have gone with a team that uh, actually, you know, won a playoff series. But it was interesting. And, uh, you know, interesting, interesting choice there. You know, the... I guess, I guess, you know, they were a good team in the regular season, but, you know, maybe not the best in the, uh, in the postseason. I, you know, I don't know, but, uh, I mean, let's, let's look, let's watch the, you know, just for the sake of it, let's watch the Astros close it out, close it out here. Three straight singles against Will Harris. And now Lorenzo Cain's up with a chance to tie the game. Cain's 0 for 3 today. A couple of strikeouts against Lance McCullers. The 1-1 to Kane. Swing and a base hit into left. It'll score at least one. Here's Rios to score easily. And the Royals, as they've done all year long, keep the line moving. It's a three-run lead for Houston. And it's gotten uncomfortable enough for A.J. Hinch to make an immediate move for Tony Sipp. So Hosmer needs to follow the line here. Of Rios, Escobar, Zobris, and Kane just taking nice, easy swings. Here's the pitch. Swing and a line drive, base hit right field. A run scores. Everybody moves up a base. Hosmer comes through. It is 6-4. Five straight hits have opened the top of the eighth. And it's a not-so-comfortable two-run Houston lead. Here's Kendrys Morales now, the switch hitter batting from the right side. Back up the middle. Off Correa, on into center field! Kansas City has tied it in the eighth! And Carlos Correa, in the blink of an eye, goes from hero to goat. That inning was over, or at least the Astros would have gotten two outs. On a high hopper to short, the ball hopped over his glove, and the Royals have scored four in the eighth inning. Here's the 0-1. Ground ball, pass, sip, fielded by Correa. No, it goes off his glove. Coming home, the score is Zobrist. Kane scores. Hosmer goes to third. Royals tie it. 6-6 game. And Correa, shooting across the infield, took his eye off of it, and it went right by his glove. 
And what could have been a double play right there with the slow running Morales. Bases loaded in a tie game and only one away. Gordon bounces it to second. Altuve gets to it to get the out of the bag, but the Royals have scored their fifth run of the inning to take a 7-6 lead. Alex Gordon came very close to getting a base hit, but the Royals have scored five in the eighth inning, and they lead 7-6. They were down by four. Would you look at that? They come back from a 6-2 deficit. They were dead. They were dead. They literally had a 2% chance of winning that game, and they come back from the dead. And to tack it on in the ninth inning, Eric Hosmer hits a two-run homer to make it 9-6, to six, and the Royals end up winning by that score of 9-6. to six. And they are heading back to Kansas City in a winner-take-all game five with Johnny Cueto on the mound. And the Astros actually, in game five, Take an early two-to-nothing lead. Um, however, Johnny Cueto was able to recover just fine from that. He actually ended up retiring 19 in a row after giving up those first two runs. And then it was all on the uh, all on the Royals' offense to produce. So the Royals ended up scoring a run. Uh, they ended up scoring a run. Uh, on whatever, and Alex Rios comes up to the plate with men on second and third, two ducks in the pond, trying to, two ducks on the pond, trying to take the lead in this winner-take-all game to advance to the American League Championship Series. It's been a couple of weeks since Mike Fires was out there in a game. If you could just limit one run in this situation, that would be ideal. Rios wraps that one inside the line and down into the left field corner. Perez scores. Here's Gordon right behind him, and Kansas City has taken their first lead of the night. Just a curveball that doesn't get down. You see it go right down the line right here. Toughest call for an umpire. And the Royals have the lead in this winner-take-all game. Huge. They have the lead. They also have the, have the momentum. And with that momentum comes even more runs. Kendris Morales, you know, the the silver slugger for DHs, this man is looking to take advantage of of the momentum, this time not in the fifth inning, but the eighth inning. And he's, he's actually facing the Cy Young, Dallas Keuchel. Men on first and second. To Kendris Morales, a two-run lead for Kansas City. Morales sends a ball well hit in the left center field. And that one is gone! Curveball, down and in. What a reaction by Morales. That's what I love to see in the playoffs, the reaction these guys, how excited they get. Down and in curveball from Dallas Keuchel. Kendrick Morales golfed it out to left center to open this game up and give, give Johnny Cueto a five-run lead. Something I'd like to say, that call by Matt Baskarjan doesn't get appreciated enough. Just the, and that one is gone. And just with that enthusiasm, you know, it's, it's a Matty V thing for sure. But that one in particular really does, like that's a series clinching 
home run that doesn't get appreciated enough. Yeah, you don't, uh, you don't, you don't, when you hear that, you know it's Matt Baskersian. There's mm-hmm. no question of that or Santa Maria. Or Santa Maria. You know that's Maddie B. And, you know, that's the thing with, uh, with like Maddie B and like Joe Buck is, yep. you know, I, I'm fine with both of them. Maddie B is, he, he definitely brings more to the comedy. But Joe Buck also, like, especially with home crowds, he will let the crowd mm-hmm. uh, do the commentating ultimately. And so yeah. it was 7-2 to two for the Royals, and now you've got the man with the sub-1 ERA, Wade Davis, to advance them back to the American League Championship Series. Takes over here in the top of the ninth. Wade Davis has everything you need. Jose Altuve beats it on the ground, his shortstop, and they can taste it here at Kauffman Stadium. George Springer represents the last chance. A drive to right, Orlando on his horse, back there to make the catch at the wall, and it's with that exclamation point that the Kansas City Royals move on for a date with the Blue Jays. They're going to back to the American League Championship Series for the second year in a row. And the contributors to the American League Division Series, the main contributors, you start off with Salvador Perez. He slashed 286, 444, 714 for an 1159 OPS to go along with two home runs. Kendris Morales was also slugging it. Had a 263 average, 300 on base percentage, but a 7 37 slugging percentage for a 10-37 OPS. Had three home runs. And Alex Rios had a 286 average with an 840 OPS. And then Wade Davis, as you just saw, spectacular. Had four shutout innings in this American League Division Series. They're going. Nothing new. American League Championship Series. So now they're in the ALCS facing the Blue Jays, a powerhouse of an offense, Chris. And they had just been coming off a 2-0 series deficit that they won. So they had a lot of momentum on their side. So game one, Edison Volquez brings it. Six shutout innings. And in a 2-0 game, Salvador Perez comes up and tries to widen the gap. Here's a fly ball in the left. Off the bat of Perez at the left. That was a quick, quick home run there from Perez. The Royals end up winning that game five to nothing. They're on top. And then in game two, the Royals were trailing three nothing after six, and nobody could get a hit off David Price. In fact, the only base runner was a leadoff single by Escobar in the first. So ever since then, they had gotten nothing. And the Blue Jays win probability, it was up to 91%. Ben Zobris came up to lead off the seventh and try to get something going. On the seventh inning, Pitch and a pop-up. Right side. And it's going to drop as Goins looked like he called for it. Then Batista stayed away. 
stop at second, two on, nobody out. That's it, the Red Center a hit. Here comes Zobris. Going to third is Kane. It's three to one. Change up. Down and away. Great plate coverage by Hosmer. Loves the ball away. Zobris popped the ball up opposite field. Kane, base hit. Opposite field. Hosmer, base hit. Opposite field. Hosmer takes off. Ground ball. A run scores. Out at first. It's 3-2. It's the changeup again. Moustakas drills it, but here's why I say it's a heavy read by Hosmer. This ball's barely overgoing, but he's off on the crack of the bat. I thought no way they're going to score because Bautista throws so well. It's in the right center. It's going to get loud. Here comes Moustakas. Royals take the lead for three. What an inning for Kansas City. Taking advantage of the way the inning started. Scoring four and leading by one. That's up the middle. Here comes Gordon. There's another run. It's 5-3. It's just amazing, Joe. Six singles. Only one was pulled. Opposite field, middle of the field. One single after another. If you've learned anything from this team, it's that you cannot give them any second chances. Correa uh, made an error that led to a bunch more runs in that game four. And obviously that fly ball that dropped led to everything that inning. So this is a team you cannot mess around with because they will make you pay for your mistakes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So the Royals win that game six to three and they are up 2-0 going into Canada. So now in game three, Johnny struggles north of the border as the Jays score six in the third, and most notably on a home run by Troy Tulowitzki to give him three runs in that inning. Canada is, is tough. Is tough to go against. You know who was part of that crowd? Mm-hmm. Mr. Michael Gianta, my father. Chris's dad was at that game, and I, he saw he the Royals. Me, he was on a business trip in Toronto, and he uh, figured he'd, he'd pop by Rogers Center. So why not? It was it was a good time. Good time for him, and I actually have a hat that a. Uh, a 2015 ALCS hat, but it has the Blue Jays logo instead of the Royal and no Royals mm -hmm. logo. So I decided yeah. not to uh, present it hey, to the show. But anyway, the Royals ended up scoring four runs in the ninth. 
but it wasn't enough. The Blue Jays win that game 11 to 8. The series is 2 to 1 now. In game four, the Royals offense comes alive and they stomp on the knuckleball of R.I. Dickey. Five members of the team had multiple hits. Zobrist and Rios both homered. I didn't really know what highlight to show, so I just threw in the entire MLB.com recap. So that's what we're going to watch for game four. Of the ALCS Royals and Blue Jays and a blazing start for KC on Tuesday. Top one, Ben Zobrist off R.A. Dickey. A two-run shot. Royals have a 2-0 lead. Later in the inning, still no one down. Runners on the corners for Kendrys Morales. Russell Martin with the pass ball. Lorenzo Kane scores on a close play, which stood following replay review. Now 4-0 top two. Alex Rios goes yard. Dickey done after an inning and two-thirds, the shortest start in Toronto postseason history. Now 5-2, bottom three. Man aboard, two men away. Edwin Encarnacion flies out off Chris Young, and 5-2 it remains. Now 7-2, top seven. Lorenzo Kane extends his postseason hitting streak to 13 games. Raving single makes it 8-2. Now a 10-2 game, top eight. More from Kane. This drives in another pair, and you get the idea. Royals cruise to the 14-2 win as they take a commanding 3-1 series lead. Kansas City will attempt to punch their ticket for the World Series on Wednesday behind Edinson Volquez. He battles Marco Estrada in Game 5. I mean, an absolute bludgeoning there. 14-2. And the Blue Jays are now fighting for their lives. The Royals, one game away from the Fall Classic for the first time in, uh, well, about 12 months, a year. And in Game 5, it's a one nothing pitcher's duel with the Blue Jays leading, and that led up until the sixth inning. Edwin drew a walk with the bases loaded, setting up for Tulo to widen the gap even more. The Blue Jays win that game 7-2, and we're going back to Kansas City for game six. Royals just got to win one game, and they're, and they're in the World Series. So now in game six, Ben Zobrist and Mike Moustakis each hit home runs in the first two innings, respectively. And the Moustakis home run had a bit of controversy to it. Moustakis into right center field. Bautista will watch. Come on. Two-nothing Kansas City home run, Mike Moustakis. His first to this postseason. Well, we've, we've watched the middle infielders make two great plays last half inning. A ball to the wall that Batista makes a play on. Here's a changeup hung out over the plate that gets drilled by Moustakis. And the umpires are going to get together and make sure there was no interference. Batista was calling for it immediately. 
And that's a reach over that wall up above the green wall. And everything's got to go above that the, the screen up there. And so from that vantage point looking at the grounds rule that they might get this call back. It's a pretty clean ballpark. The fans actually sit back and to reach over. That's going to be a tough judgment call for them in. Well, you can Chelsea. see. I mean, you can see it hit into the glove and then off that little screen up above that green wall, Tom. Yeah, it's. We'll take a good look at this, but I agree with you. The reaching out in front of the wall and then coming back and hitting the wall would seem to indicate the path of that baseball was not clear over that line. They show it on the. You place him at second base. You got to consider who's running, how hard that ball was hit, and I think they place him at second. Now here, this guy's an <laughs> instant star. So he gets kicked out of the ballpark. <laughs> well, let's say this on the other side of it. Morales ran Bautista back to the wall and right, and they're still going to say home run. Wow. A very close call on that one. Chris, what, what do you think on that call? Um, I mean, if, if it has to clear the screen, then it's not a home run. But if it only has to clear the, the green wall, then that's a home run. So, I yeah. don't know. Weird, weird ground rules. Very weird ground rules. But Jose Bautista made it in the fourth to make it a 2-1 game. And then the game stayed that way until Alex Rios had an RBI single in, the, uh, in the, I believe, the sixth or seventh to make it three to one. And now in the top of the eighth, Joey Bats came back up already at home in the game. He's got an opportunity to tie the game. So let's see what he can do. Here's the 0-1. That is hit down the line and left into the corner, and this game is tied. It's a 3-3 game here in the eighth inning. And Batista's got two tonight. And he finally breaks through with the long ball here in this ALCS two times. And it's 3-3. He's had some good swings all night, and you saw it coming the other day in Toronto. But no swing bigger than this one. That is Joey flipping bats right after he made his mark on the bat flipping world. And at, after the top of the eighth inning, the Blue Jays had just tried it. They had all the momentum. What could possibly stop them? How about Mother Nature? A rain delay comes in. And then that's when we got the iconic uh, Pete Rose image on, um, on Fox, if you remember that. Do you remember that, Chris? Uh, a shot of him like... What was that? It was, you remember like the, the shot of Pete Rose like sneaking into the... Like, I think it was either like Frank Thomas has shot it or something like that. I forget who it was, but I think I, I think I do. But game game six of the uh, ALCS was I think it was a, a weird. It was either game six of the ALCS or game five of the ALDS. I had taken a nap from five p.m. to ten p.m., uh, which was uh, which was interesting. That I think that's part of what made uh, the 2015 playoffs kind of weird for me. It was just a yeah. Blur. I don't know. But anyway. Anyway, when play resumed, Roberto Osuna came in and Walter Lorenzo came to lead off the inning. Chris, remember that time I talked to you about uh, Kane on first? 
Eric Cosmer doubling down the right field line. You think they could use one of those right now? Um, I think Ned Yost has to run that play. Push that yeah. button. Yeah. Let's see it. Let's see it, Eric. singled instead of doubling but you get the idea and now it's 4-3 Royals they're three outs away from the World Series and you already know it's up to Wade Davis to close it out Mr. Automatic to Mm -hmm. close out their second straight potentially second straight American League Championship question is Wade Davis who last threw a pitch in the game at 10 o'clock straight up He's on the mound a few minutes after 11. Bottom three in the order for Toronto. Now would be a good time for the Blue Jays to see Russell Martin get his first hit. Here's a fly ball into center. It is his first hit. And the leadoff man is on here in the ninth inning for the Blue Jays. And now Pompey is going to come in and run for Russell Martin. There he goes. Throw down Perez. Not in time. Stolen base in a blink. What a money bag. Tying run at second. Nobody out. Runner goes. No throw. And no swing at the plate. Now the tying run is 90 feet away. And the pinch runner, Dalton Pompey, has stolen two bases here in the ninth. How gutsy is that? Inside ball four. First and third. Nobody out. There goes Pilar. Struck him out. No way. But down to second is Pilar with the infield in. One down. Two out. George Brett checking his ticker and his pulse. <laughs> Left side, Moustakis, Royals win the pennant! Back-to-back American League pennants for the Kansas City Royals, and off they go to the Fall Classic for a date on Tuesday night here against the New York Mets. And there it is. The Royals have won the pennant for the second straight year, and they're going back to the World Series to finish their business from last year. 
Alcides Escobar quietly won ALCS MVP, slashing 478, 481, 652, 1134. Ben Zobrist, 320, 370, 680, 1050. How about Alex Rios, 368, 368, 526, 895. Also, Luke Hochaver, Kelvin Herrera, and Wade Davis all combined for 11 and a third shutout innings, as well as Jordano Ventura with a 338 ERA and 10 and two thirds innings pitched. How about that, Chris? I mean, uh, incredible. And interestingly enough, this 2015 team had a, a, a like, twice – I mean, I don't even know how to compare it. A way harder road to the World Series than the 2014 mm-hmm. team, which might have built – Yeah, they didn't, they didn't even lose a game until the World Series. Right, right. They had to grind through. You know, they were dead to rights against Houston. They had to grind it out against the Blue Jays. And they've earned their right to be here. And so have the New York Mets. Yeah. The Game one. The Royals bring the fire, starting on the very first pitch a Royals hitter had seen in the World Series. You've been watching the Royals. Be ready. He swings. First pitch. It is Escobar. And he swings and hits it into left center. Back at the track. It is dropped. Cespedes couldn't make the catch. How about that effort? Digging around third. Here comes Escobar. One nothing Kansas City. An inside the park home run for Alcides Escobar to start the World Series. I can't believe he threw a fastball over the plate. First pitch. It's the 12th inside the park home run in World Series history. And Yoenis Cespedes went to his right. Either worried about a collision, guys, didn't see it, but just kind of flashed at it with his glove. I don't think he saw it off the bat. But again, you have to pitch Escobar as if the count is 0-2 when he steps into the batter's box. You know he's swinging. Watch the read. and send- Chris, I remember when that happened. I just looked at my TV and thought, from that. There's no recovering from that? Not at all. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty tough. But actually, the Mets did recover quite quickly. Uh, they did have a 4-3 lead in the ninth. And also, Edison Volquez was making the start for the Royals, and he had a quality six innings pitched and three earned runs. And all the while, his father had recently passed away, like hours before the game, and he learned of his father's passing afterwards. So, you know, I mean, pitching with the weight of, of not knowing that can be tough because he knew that his father was in critical condition, and he, I guess it was reported that he asked that he didn't know until after after he got off the mound. So that was obviously really tough for him. But the Royals made it all better. In the ninth, Jerry's Familia was trying to close it out, and Alex Gordon, well, he had other plans.
and the Royals have tied it up against Familia. And the game ends up going into the 14th inning. Something has to give. And finally, the Royals end up loading the bases with no outs, with Eric Hosmer coming up. back. Escobar tags. Here comes Escobar. The Royals win game one. Hosmer drives home. The winner in the 14th. Kansas City wins game one of the series and great time for Johnny Cueto to make his mark on that trade. In game two, he was nothing short of dominant. Big price to get him, to bring him here from the Cincinnati Reds. And the question is, will he shoot blanks tonight or will he do his job and pitch well against this lineup? 2-2 pitch. Can't figure out what to say. Hard hit to third. Mustakis out over to first. Got him back. Struck him out one way. Here comes the changeup and a nasty one. Look at the run on that pitch. Top hand comes off the bat. Great arm speed. Whenever you see the hitter out front and the top hand comes off the bat, he has been fooled by the timing and the speed of the arm. Cueto makes the stop. Two out. Ligaris into left center off the end of the bat. Late break by Kane, but he can close with the best of them. the Royals to give better pitches to Murphy. Cespedes 0 for 3. Look at him do a little wiggle on the mound. Can't flag it down. Escobar with a backhand to get him. And Lagares cut down. The defense has shined for the Royals in October. Broken back. Fly ball. Cueto now two and one this postseason. Degrom three and one in a two-hour, fifty-four-minute game. Johnny Cueto owns in game two. His final line: nine innings pitched, two hits, one run, three walks, and four strikeouts. He had a game score of eighty, and that is a Royals postseason franchise record. And it is still the most recent complete game in World Series history. The Royals would win that game seven to one. Game three. It's back. It's into New York now, and Jordano Ventura gets roughed up as well as the rest of the pitching. The Mets score multiple runs in three innings, including a home run by the great David Wright.
you know, I know we're not covering the Mets right now, but you got to give it to David Wright for everything he had gone through at that point in his career. To have, have a home run in the World Series obviously meant everything to Mets fans, to him, to everyone around him. And that's something you'll love to see. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So the Mets win that game 9-3. to It's 2-1. to And in game four now, the Mets are leading again 3-2 to in the top of the eighth. And there's two on, and, and I'm sorry, Michael Conforto hits two homers uh, to contribute to those three runs. And the Royals had men on first and second with one out, and Eric Hosmer is coming up once again trying to break things through. Chopper on the infield, can't turn to. First to third is Kane. That's a go-ahead run, only one out. We almost saw Hosmer go. So Daniel Murphy goes from hero to goat, like they said earlier uh, about Carlos Correa. I mean, Murphy dominated the NLCS that year, and that was a low point for him. But And once again, you can't give the Royals more chances because they got more runs that inning on RBIs from Mike Moustakis and Salvador Perez. The Royals win that game 5-3. to three, and they're one game away from winning the World Series. So now we're in game five. Matt Harvey was dealing for the Mets, and he had a 2-0 lead heading into the ninth inning. Harvey walked Kane to lead off the inning because he was still out there, and Kane later st- stole second. And Eric Hosmer doubled him in to make it 2-1, to one, and then Moustakis grounded out to bring Hosmer, the tying run, into third. So now the tying run's on third, one out, and Salvador Perez is going to try and tie this game. Runner at third, one out. Broken back. Cut off by right. Out, throw home. One out, tie game. Unbelievable base running by Eric Hosmer has tied it. They keep finding ways. Well, you know you're not going to get many opportunities with the closers in the game to put the ball in play. David Wright cuts it off, makes the throw. Look at Hosmer, immediately he takes off. It's such a difficult play for Wright because he has to turn it. So the game is tied on Eric Hosmer's mad dash into home plate. And now we're innings later into the 12th. Luke Hochaver was dealing for the Royals for two innings. And eventually the pitcher spot came up. So Christian Cologne came in to pinch hit with the go-ahead run on third in the form of Gerard Dyson. The Royals were looking to put the go-ahead run in and win the World Series. Here it is, first chance in the postseason for Cologne. What a time to take your first postseason at bat this postseason. His first of the postseason. Cologne delivers into left. And the score is Dyson. And Kansas City is on top, 3-2. Oh, Dyson! board! Let's go! Hell yeah! 
tied it. 2-2 pitch. That is a fair ball. Down the line. One run scores. That's Cologne. Holding it third, Orlando. And it's 4-2 Kansas City in the 12th. one That's a shot into the gap in left center. Everybody takes off. One run scores. Here comes Escobar and now Zagres. Kane is emptied up. And the Royals have blown it open in the 12th. 7-2. So the Royals are now up 7-2. They're up five runs. And they still haven't used their secret, not so secret, but their automatic weapon in Wade Davis. Wade, three outs. World Series is yours. Let's close it out. Here's Davis. Big mountain to climb for the Mets. Down 7-2 in the 12th. Judah strikes out one away. 3-2 pitch. Struck him out. Two down. And the Royals are one out away. The 1-2 again. Inside corner. The Royals. 2015 World Champions! And there it is! The Royals are the 2015 World Series champions, their second title in franchise history, and their first in 30 years. Salvador Perez won MVP of the World Series, slashing 364, 391, 455 for an 846 OPS. Mike Moustakis had a 304 average. And out of the bullpen, Chris Medlin, Ryan Madsen, Luke Hochaver, Kelvin Herrera, and of course, Wade Davis combined for 18 scoreless innings in the series. And after game one of the division series, Alcides Escobar hit safely in all 15 of the playoff games. Wade Davis in the entire postseason, 10 and two-thirds innings pitched, a zero ERA, did not allow a single earned run through the entire month, a 167, 231, 167, 397 slash line against. By the way, the fact that the average against and the slugging, per slugging percentage against are both 167, that means that nobody hit an extra base hit off of him throughout the entire postseason. Not only did he not allow an earned run, he didn't allow a double. He didn't allow a triple. He did not allow a home run. Every base hit allowed him against him was a single. He also had three walks and 18 strikeouts. And he allowed five hard-hit balls in a t among 39 batters that he faced. That is a 12.8 hard-hit percentage. That's really good. The whole bullpen throughout the playoffs – a 2.40 ERA in 62 and two-thirds innings pitched, 87 strikeouts, 15 walks, and 12.3 Ks per nine with a 5.8 K to walk ratio. And the Royals as a team hit 3.49 with runners in scoring position throughout the post. That's that right there, Chris. That is their legacy. This team was unbelievably resilient. They were losing in four out of the five World Series games. They won in five. And they were also losing in all five of the Division Series games. And they found a way virtually every single time. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was a – yeah, this team, you know, you, you put it in there. I mean, 
it redefined what it takes to be a championship team. That like, mm -hmm. I don't know. In the modern era, you're not going to see a lot of teams uh, like the Royals. And you know, I think maybe, I think people would also be surprised by the amount of home runs they were able to hit as well. I mean, they're known for yeah. singles hitting and uh, you know, smart Moving base. Line. Smart base running, first to third, not even stolen bases, but just taking the extra base after a single or a double. But if they needed a home run, they were they were able to get a home run for sure. Yeah. I mean, it helps that they added a guy like Kendrys Morales before the season that they didn't have the previous year. Correct, correct, yeah. I mean, this team just – I mean, they were dead against the Astros. Like, they were not – supposed to come back against nobody was supposed to come back against the Astros in that situation they did it all without even recording an out I mean it was tied with zero outs in that inning yeah it was unbelievable unbelievable so that is going to do it for the 2015 Royals an unbelievable team they pushed all the right buttons and that's with management Ned Yost did a great job David Glass um Dayton Moore, the GM, the entire team with runners in scoring position in any situation. It was just a good all-around team with very good players throughout everything. And, of course, you have Wade Davis having an unstoppable season as a closer. You have Johnny Cueto coming in uh, from the trade deadline, having a great postseason. Ben Zobras coming in at the trade deadline. Of course, Kane finishing third in the MVP voting. You have Gordon uh, playing stellar defense and hitting timely just like always. You have Perez as one of the best catchers in baseball. Moustakas redefined himself as one of the best third basemen in baseball. Eric Hosmer, especially. Alcides Escobar. I mean, the list goes on and on and on, on just the amount of contributions that they were able to get from different guys. Yeah, and I mean, just, just you know, from a viewer's perspective, one of the most fun teams to watch in recent memory, I would say. Mm-hmm. All right. Second. Oh, never mind. All right. Yeah, and that is going to do it for the 2015 Royals. It is time for our favorite part of the week. Chris, you addressed it earlier in the show. So uh, you're picking first this week, number one through 20. Number one through 20. The mm -hmm. team we're going to be talking about. All right. What did I pick last week? Okay. All right. The team that we will be talking about. Uh, next week is going to be team number 20. Number 20 is a team. Okay. Uh, this is a team that one of these Royals teams actually went up against in the playoffs in these years. A, a forgotten team, a, a powerful bunch of people. That is the 2014 Baltimore Orioles. Oh, wow. Yeah. You got Nelson Cruz. You got Delman Young's big hit. You got J.J. Hardy, Adam Jones. You got Chris Tillman at the top of that rotation. Zach Britton closing it out. That's a fun team. That is a very, very fun team. You know, mm -hmm. definitely forgotten about because, you know, the, that Orioles core only made it a couple, a couple playoff runs. And, you know, mm -hmm. unfortunately for them, came short both times. Yeah. So. And that is the team we're talking about. Yeah. So now it is my turn to guess. What player are we going to be talking about next week? We're going to be talking about player number 
Number 11. Number 11. Player number 11. We are going with someone, a member of the 3,000 Hit Club. And okay. honestly, you could make the case that he is more famous for his baseball card than his actual baseball stardom, you know, what he did in the game. We are talking about Hannes Wagner. Oh, wow. Honus Wagner worked for Peanuts, literally worked for Peanuts. Yes. We are that is from a, this is Sports Center ad. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Okay. This is, we're going, is, that's another dead ball era guy, if I'm not mistaken. That is another dead ball era guy. Hannes Wagner. Wow. I was not ready for that one. Yeah, throwing a throwing a bit okay, of a curveball. So we got, yeah, I mean that was a Clayton Kershaw curveball if I've ever seen one. Yeah, and I mean I figure you know we've done all these we've done a lot of modern era era players and you know it'll be like oh they are one of they are one of five people to, to do this it it was uh, him blank 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 Hannes Wagner blank so I mean I figure <laughs> why not dive into this guy's career? There we go. Wow, okay. I was not expecting Chris Wagner to be on this list, but I'm glad he is. All right. Well, that leads into the conclusion of this episode where I hope you enjoyed it. We uh, talked about the 2015 Royals. Hope you enjoyed the Ricky Henderson portion of the episode as well. And... If you want, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and you want to watch the videos with us, we had a lot of those today. Uh, you can go to our YouTube channel, subscribe mm-hmm. on STBNL with Christianta and Daniel Curran. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, follow me at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel at Daniel underscore current. If you want to follow the show on Instagram, follow us at STBNL podcast. Uh, got a lot of good content that's about to come up. That's right. There. And, uh, and also, as always, we would like to thank baseball reference fan graphs and MLB on YouTube for their contributions. We would not be able to do this show. You would not be able to hear these stats or see these videos without them. Correct. Correct. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you to those sources. And we, I, we hope you enjoyed our episode on Ricky Henderson and the 2015 Royals. And we look forward to seeing you next Wednesday talking about mm-hmm. and see you, seeing you next Friday where we're talking about the 2014 Orioles. See you next week.